So hello, everybody. Welcome back to A Reason for Hope Candid. My name is Jack. We have Ryan, Jimmy, and Alanis here. And we have a very special guest on today. Her her name is Anna Camacho. Um, She is uh, the founder, or co-founder, I should say, right? Because, uh, Anna, your husband also founded Corda. Or is oh, it just, it's just you? That was not a softball at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say Joseph is the co-founder. Um, oh. my, my husband, Michael, has been there from, from day one, um, but actually very, kind of on the sidelines. So okay. if you're going to name a founder, I guess it would be me or me and Joseph. St. Joseph, okay. right? St. Joseph, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Oh. So we'll get into that. We'll get into that. So Anna has been... Um, it's a saint-owned company. Yeah. Saint-owned yeah. company. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So um, Anna Camacho has been handcrafting Catholic candles since 2019 uh, when she started Corda after um, St. Joseph gave her the nudge. Um, and inspired by the holy men and women who have gone before us, she loves translating their lives into unique candles. Corda brings the light of the saints to the domestic church. Uh, which I love, I love. Uh, this family-run Catholic business helps folks create a place of peace and prayer with handcrafted candles featuring custom scents directly inspired by saints and the faith. So, um, Alanis, do you want to start us off here? So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would love to know just like more about the story, what catalyzed like your passion for making candles, because I feel like that's such a unique a hobby. I've never really, honestly, on TikTok, there is definitely a candle talk. I don't know if you've ventured out there and that those are fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, what, what sort of sparked that passion? Also the whole Joseph thing. I'd love to know like why you believe St. Joseph is the founder of your company. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a, um, gutsy thing to say, I guess, but you got to give credit where credit is due. And, um, part of it is just because I actually never thought I would be kind of a maker for a living, let alone a candle maker. Um, Before Corda, I had never made a scented candle. Like I didn't know any of the craft or science or artistry behind it. Um, So all of that was very much out of the blue. Um, But what I did kind of have, I guess, was this really great devotion to St. Joseph, Um, even from when I was like little. I just always loved him. He's such a just such a great father, right? Like he's just so strong and quiet and um, just his humility and the fact that, you know, he he cared for the Holy Family and do the work of his own hands and just always been really close to him. And at a certain point in my life, I was in jobs that were just kind of harder and harder to do every day. the people were really great. The organization was great. I even had my own like business for a while, but there just wasn't, it was just like in front of a screen all day, every day. Um, and I think a lot of people have been in that place where you're just like, gosh, what, what do I even do today? Right. Or like, I just move things from point A to point B yeah. and um, it just <laughs> kind of can wear on you. <laughs> you guys are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. As we're looking at a screen right now, <laughs> <laughs> which we'll be yeah. looking at later on another screen. <laughs> <laughs> point A, point B. We yeah. feel you. We feel you. Yep, yep. And I think, um, gosh, you know, if you guys have ever had something where you just, you know, there's something kind of on your heart, or you feel like you're supposed to do 
something, but you're not sure what, and you feel like God is calling you, but you don't know where. And that's kind of the place I was in. Um, I mean, we, I was, um, you know, in jobs that paid our bills and made sure that, you know, we could, we could take care of our family and everything, which is great, but also just feeling this desire to, to do something else. Um, and, and specifically to kind of like do something really creative and with my hands, like I just made, cause I was in front of a screen, but I was just like, I just want to make something. I just want to put something good into the world. And, um, Joseph, of course, St. Joseph is the patron saint of workers and for people who are looking for jobs. And so I just turned to him and just said, look, I, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. All I have is right in front of me, but I you know, feel like I should be doing something else. Um, so it's yours, like you can take it and let me know what you figure out kind of. Um, and actually prayed a variation of that prayer for six years, um, just staying in these jobs and showing up and doing the best I could, but still being like, I think there's something more, Joseph, like any ideas, like any suggestions yet, um, year after year after year. And just really kind of trusting it to him and also learning, right? Like one of the things that prayer does is it changes us, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't just, um, I mean, it, yeah, we could get into the whole theology yeah. of prayer, but <laughs> just continually like entrusting something over and over and over again. And, and just knowing that like, he's got it, he's interceding for me. Like if God wants something, he'll open that door. If not, like just, you know, keep doing what I'm doing. And, um, so that was really interesting. I've never done, been through like something like that before. Um, and then one day guys, like out of the blue, I'm sitting in mass and we would always sit on the St. Joseph side, huh. which, you know, we call cause you've got Mary on one side of the altar. Joseph is usually on the other. Just sitting there, the whole church is quiet cause it's right after communion and everyone's praying. And just really in that moment, just really kind of meditating on St. Joseph's life and how, you know, his life was very hidden. It was very quiet. Um, but he showed up every day. He took care of his family, provided for them through the work of his hands. Um, and also just like, he's been just such a great, um, strength and kind of comfort for me. And just, so just really kind of thinking about him and, um, saying thank you to him and, and kind of resting in that and and in his love for for me for the church um and it was in that moment when i'm just saying thank you that this idea of me making scented candles where the scents are directly connected to like different scenes and the things that they experience um putting that into a candle and at the same moment of like okay here's four scenes and like four scent recipes are like things to like do to start with, um, all at the same moment in mass before the statue of St. Joseph and, um, just, yeah, kind of all fell into place right there. And I think that's why just really seeing this as a gift, um, as well as maybe like a calling of like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to go next. This is kind of what I've been, you know, asking St. Joseph for all this time and here it is. And, um, also in that moment, just feeling this incredible peace that I'd never experienced 
with any, you know, cause I was like, Oh man, I'll do this or I'll be a baker. I'll grow flowers or I'll make seat dolls and like all these different business ideas over the last six years. But this one, it was just an immediate like exhale, you know, of like, okay, like, thank you. And this is it. And now I know like where I'm going kind of thing. So I, I say Joseph is the founder <laughs> and then I just execute. Hey, want to help make this podcast better? Go to our survey URL in the show notes and leave your mark on A Reason for Hope. So, okay. So the idea comes to you. You said you'd never done anything with candles before. How? Do, what's the first step in that? Are you like, all right, I got to watch like hours of YouTube videos to figure out the signs of candles. <laughs> what was that afternoon like? You go home and now you have an idea for scented candles. Yeah. Is there like an 80s montage of you testing out different candles? <laughs> Going and, to Yankee Candle, smelling yeah, each one. Exactly. <laughs> well, I have been able to get a few neat candles as, you know, research purposes. Mm. So that's been fun. Um, I really, really like doing things. Um, I don't. I don't like it when everything's just like handed to me kind of. And it's like, here, go do this thing. Like if I'm going to make bread, like I'm not going to get a kit. I'm going to like research the history mm-hmm. of bread and different mm-hmm. flours and the way that salt and water. T- like I just want to know it from the inside out. Like I love diving into things. I love like kind of seeing things like the harder things and then trying, you know, and seeing where it goes. And I think that definitely with the candles, there's actually lots of candle like um products or like materials out there like places where you can get kits and it's like it's like a cake mix right where it's like this plus that at this temperature stir and like you're good to go um and I was like that is not what I want to do at all um I want to like figure out my own wax blend um all the I knew like all the fragrances because we custom blend you know it's like connect to these people's lives and patronages so you can't just go to like the Catholic candle store and get your St. Joseph fragrance or something. So like all of that, like learning all about fragrance and wax and your wick and um, the size, you know, the diameter of your candle. And I mean, it's just, it goes on and on and on. And it's this beautiful world that just like opens up to you. Um, And so just really diving into that, trying lots of different waxes, doing our own wax blend, and then just trial and error. Um, for about seven months. And I was still in my day job then. So it was one of those things of like early mornings and late nights and weekends and every holiday and just like, and I've never had anything capture me for that long either where I'm like, no, like I'll try it again and I'll try it again. You know, I just really wanted, I just felt so like driven by it. Um, Burning the candle at both ends. We're like, what, seven minutes in, and that's the first candle oh, joke? I'm so glad. <laughs> so glad we got it. I'm, that's it for me. I'm out. Right, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> canceled. Yeah. It was great, though. Yeah, when we finally, when I finally got to the place where I was like, okay, like, I think I know we're ready to launch all of that. Um, it was really funny. I had a couple of people who tested the candles because they're like, well, I like the scents. I think they like fill the room well or whatever, but I wanted to try it. Different people, different spaces. And one of my candle testers, um, went to my parish. And so we meet up 
you know, in the back of church after mass one day. And like, we're, we're launching in like days now. Right. I'm just, you know, wanted her feedback. And the first thing out of her mouth is I hate it. (laughs) Uh, And I was just like, and for me, I'm a very like, um, I'm not super into like conflict. Like I'm very calm. Um, and she just like is super blunt. And she's like, I hate it. And she was talking about our Compline scent, which is actually our hands down all year round bestseller. Um, and <laughs> it was such a good like lesson to me. First of all, that like, it's okay that not everyone is going to like everything that I do or that like all of our candles. And just because they're, you know, you already have this pressure, right. Of, okay. It's connected to the faith. You're trying to honor these men and women that we all just like love so much. And some people are just going to hate it. (laughs) They just are. Um, And, and I was kind of like, I'm not pulling it, but you kind of rethink everything. And anyway, it was, so it was just a really good kind of lesson, but it was also like not at all what I was expecting. Um, and, you know, over the last couple of years, we've had just really, really tremendous um, feedback and yeah, people saying like the way that it's connected them to the saints and how they've learned about their lives or that, you know, they just feel like the saint is there like in the room, like, oh. you know, just kind of, having this real, real connection with them. Um, so that all has been very good and fruitful, but also, yeah, scent is the hardest thing. And then, and then like with the pandemic, right. And everyone loses their sense of smell. Um, I lost my sense of smell for a really long time. And I was just like, are we, is this business just like not going to happen anymore? Um, so yeah, it's been interesting. Uh, the last few years, like our first full year of business was, the pandemic so a lot of it has just been wow i really do think like grace of god i'm not sure why we still get to be here and keep going but um we're yeah we're we're going (laughs) we're trying so i have a question um I actually just got gifted a candle uh for something and it came with instructions on it and Mm -hmm. i never knew that there's like a certain way to burn candles, but, uh, Mm -hmm. so like a two-parted question, does, you said something about like the diameter and the wax blend and all that, is that, uh, depending on like how wide the candle is or what kind of wax, is there like a set amount that you're supposed to burn the candle for? Like no longer, no shorter then? Is that a... Yeah, I mean, are you, do you mean like amount of time? The amount of time to burn the candle, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a international like fragrance body that puts out guidelines, but then there's also like a national hmm. candle association here in the US and their safety guidelines are about three to four hours for your typical like jar candle. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and the reason for that is, and we get to get into the science here, which is really exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you think of the wick like a straw, Um, You've got the flame on top and that's melting the wax into liquid. And then the wick is actually kind of like sucking it up and putting it out into the air. Like it it comes through the wick into the flame Mm -hmm. and then like it gets changed and put into the air. Mm -hmm. Um, The longer that you burn a candle, the more the wick is exposed and the flame gets bigger and then it gets hotter. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it gets too big or it gets too hot, you'll start seeing those 
kind of weird things at the tip of your wick. Um, it looks like it's kind of clotting or yeah. people call it mushrooming yeah. or other things like yeah. these big black things. It's carbon. Um, it means your wick's burning too hot. And then you start throwing soot up into the air. Like all, right. like all these chemical things are changing. Yeah. Right. Um, and so all it's super easy. All you have to do is blow it out, trim your wick back. Um, our standard is like a quarter of an inch is perfect. And if you stay within that, like, three to four hour burn time, then everything's running optimally. It's kind of like being on cruise control with your car. Like mm. your gas is more efficient. Yeah. Um, you're going at a steady pace. Like everything's good. It changes though, right? Like as you, when you're at the top, sorry, stop me if, if like no, the no, science no. is too much. Like, no, this is good. When you're at the top and your wick is exposed to the air it can get all of this oxygen like it's just all around it but as it burns down and your wick is kind of inside the jar it has to pull the oxygen down like differently and so it's working harder and wow. so if you don't keep your wick trim then it'll like burn faster um so actually the single like if you want the most value for your money trim your wick like it's that simple. Wow. Um, and you can use nail clippers. Some people use scissors. That's a great idea. Um, yeah, we nice. have like fun wick trimmers, but it's takes two seconds. I do it um, right before I light the candle. Um, it's just like, you know, you're, you're already right there. You've got your match or your lighter and I just trim it and then light it and you're good. Mm. Hey everybody. We got some exciting news. We have a whole new Array of Hope app and channel, a video destination where everyone can find meaningful and inspiring videos and resources to help bring them closer to God. This is available on your desktop, Roku, Apple TV, iPhones, and Android mobile phones and tablets. This channel has movies, short, faith-filled segments, live events, and programs. You've got to check it out. Sign up by going to watch.arrayofhope.net and then download the app at the App Store by just typing in Array of Hope. That's, wow. that's really yeah. interesting. I had no idea that that much went into it. Um, but yeah. my follow-up question is, um, I feel like this would be a cool thing for people to use when they're, they're praying light the mm -hmm. candle and have your time of prayer. Can you burn a, a candle for too short? Like if you, if you lit a candle for 15 minutes, would mm -hmm. that mess up how it burns the next time you light it? Yeah. If you've ever used a candle and it just kind of burns straight down mm -hmm. and then you've got all this leftover wax on the side, um, it's because it's called tunneling, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, wow. so what you want to do when you burn a candle is make sure that your wax molds like all the way to the edge. Mm -hmm. Um, and you've got a nice kind of liquid pool all the way across. Mm -hmm. And that way when it recools, especially with soy, I mean, it depends on the wax too that you're using, but sure. that's the best thing you can do. Um, and we actually offer two different sizes because some people are like they just want to do morning prayer in the morning 15 minutes like and then they gotta go about their day yeah. um so we have like little tea lights that'll give you that nice even burn pool yeah yeah that's cool. and then our bigger jar candles are like you're gonna need a good like three hours four hours for yeah. that to get there so it's like 
I'm working from home today or, yeah. you know, at the end of the evening, you mm. clean the kitchen and then put on the candle, you mm. know, while you hang out for the rest of the evening kind of thing. That's cool. So you do have like smaller yeah. tea candles for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Oh, mm-hmm. so now, yeah, the different sizes. It makes sense to me. And now. that's now, is it called yeah. a tea a tea candle? Because when you're drinking tea, you're not going to sit there for three hours. I don't know. I actually, that's so funny you <laughs> say that. Because like I was like, I should figure out where this name came from. I, I think we just did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy. I think we just did. It takes me about four minutes to drink a cup of coffee if I'm not talking. So. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is perfect. Well, yeah. um, I love I love your fascination with the saints, and, and in particular, St. Joseph. And what, one question I had just kind of off the top of my head is, uh, what? Where did you get this sort of devotion? Or where did this devotion to St. Joseph uh, come from? Because, I mean, I, I'm sure you've heard of Father Donald Calloway and his, uh, you know, of course, his recent consecration to St. Joseph book and the research that went into that. And I guess the reason he he did that is because, A, there's a, there's a crisis of fatherhood within our world, within our culture, within our country. And B... Um, St. Joseph would be the best intercessor to straighten things out, you know, bring dad back into the house and see, because I think there were a lot of misconceptions about St. Joseph and a lot of um, mm-hmm. apocryphal teachings, if you will. You know, I'm just curious because it, wh- where did you get this devotion to St. Joseph? Yeah, I I don't know when it started because I feel like I've just always felt very drawn to him. Um, I mean, my dad has a very strong devotion to St. Joseph. So it could be, you know, as a kid, you just kind of love what the people that you love, love, if that makes sense. Um, I think it's interesting because I didn't really have, I didn't feel close to Our Lady um, for many, many years. Um, But I always felt very close to St. Joseph. And I think that um, it's been really neat seeing this love for him and like this desire to learn more about him and have him be part of like your home and your domestic church. Like, you know, the year of St. Joseph recently, all these books that have come out Um, in the history of the church though, there wasn't actually a feast day for St. Joseph until like 150 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, It is until like 1870, which is why the year St. Joseph started in 2020 because it was the 150 your anniversary of that. Um, but every single Pope since then has written some kind of teaching about St. Joseph. Like it, it was just like, God was like, all right, it's time. Like church, like this is what you're going to do now. And, and I think we're lucky that we get all of this heritage and fruit and this, you know, there's this continual wealth, right? Like there's the, the book by Aquilina that came out, I think last year about like St. Joseph's world, um, Father Boniface Hicks, if you have not read his book on St. Joseph, um, he's a, Father Boniface is a um, Benedictine monk in Pennsylvania who's young and just great. And he just has this incredible insight into St. Joseph. Um, so that's another good book that's come out very recently. And I think we're all like very hungry for, um, for someone who is good and honorable and strong, but gentle and, you know, just everything that St. Joseph is like his example of humility, his example of obedience, um, of courage, 
the like how courageous he was like we all need that and i and i do think yes our culture right now um there's a reason why you know he's being brought forward more and more yeah it's crazy i mean his uh, his humility was so great that he didn't even speak a word in the Gospels, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was looking on your website. I love a lot of the names that are on the candles. Uh, Battle Cry is the St. Michael, the Archangel one. I, I forget the St. Joseph one. What was it? Uh, workshop or? Uh, yeah, it's Carpenter Shop. Carpenter so Shop. It's like leather. I was like, gosh, if I if I got to hang out with St. Joseph, I don't know if you guys see that, where you're just like, you know, what did they experience? What did they smell? Kind of like Alexio, Alexio Divina, but oh. for dates, kind wow. of. Um, and just thinking about like, just kind of hanging out while he was working and he's got his leather apron and, you know, he's hand planting the wood. And so you've got all those great wood smells in the air. Um, and also like St. Joseph, the worker, I think sometimes, yeah, like just that's who our patron is. So just kind of wanting to honor well, him. But can yeah. you tell us a little bit about um, sort of, y- you must have to do a lot of research on all these saints. Mm-hmm. And um, can you tell us some about, like give us some other examples of some of the other, some of your favorite candles you've made in devotion to some of your favorite saints other than St. Joseph? Yeah. Um, gosh, well, one of my, well, two of my favorites. Um, there's one called Fiat for Our Lady of the Annunciation. Um, and then another one called Sweeter Than Wine, which is inspired by the Song of Songs. Mm. And mm. both of those were like, yeah, just such an interesting process. I love, love, love to talk about the Fiat one, especially because um, in art, especially like medieval art, Our Lady is represented by the strawberry plant. Which I was just like, why do we not know this? Like, who has ever heard of Our Lady and strawberries before? But then you start seeing it kind of everywhere. And the reason is because um, the strawberry plant, it both has at the same time these pure white blossoms and it has the fruit. And so it was used to represent how Mary was ever virgin, but also like the mother. And so at the same time, um, and this incredible mystery. So hers smells like just beautiful summer, like strawberry scent, very light. Um, but then it also is balanced by acacia wood. And, uh, if you think back old Testament, when God is directing the Israelites, And he says, build me the Ark of the Covenant. And this is um, God's like presence, like overshadows the Ark. Um, Inside the Ark is like where God's presence on earth is. There's just like all of these parallels between Our Lady and the Ark of the Covenant. Um, And she is considered the new Ark of the Covenant because God dwelt like within her, all this stuff. Um, and the ark, the original ark of the covenant, God's it was actually His directive that it's made out of acacia wood. Um, and one of the other really cool things about acacia wood is um, it specifically says in Scripture, use acacia wood because it's incorruptible. And of course, with Our Lady and the Assumption and how um, her body, wow. you know, was assumed mm-hmm. in heaven. And so the wow. popes, like when. Um, the assumption was promulgated. He actually said, the Pope says, 
you know, tying it to the the Ark of the Covenant and the acacia wood. And like, just as we saw here, Our Lady is, you know, kind of, that was prefigured and we, and that's why we know that she was assumed body and soul inhabited. That's fantastic. Yeah. So scripturally sound. And I I didn't know a lot of those things. Wow. Neither did I. Hey, we love that you listen to our Reason for Hope and we want to make it better for you. You can help us do that by filling out our survey. Just click on the URL in the show notes so we can help you dive even deeper into your faith. It is amazing because you think like, how do you, you know, going my, you know, before we talk to you, you think like, oh, like, how do you pick a scent for a saint? Like, I know what sun and sand smells like. I know what log cabin is, but it's like St. Joseph. Hmm. But it's interesting how it is you incorporate so much information um, into the candles. And I'm also back to the science of it all. I'm curious, how do you infuse those specific smells? I I don't know anything about candles. So like getting that specific uh, smell of wood and strawberry, how does that process work? You have that idea. Now what? I mean, that's so much of the fun part, right? Is that kind of creative, making something from scratch. And you definitely, like, I start with the saint first and just deep dive into their life, um, read everything that I can find, especially if it's their own writings, you know, the prayers that the church gives us, all this kind of stuff. So, So you come out of it with some concept of what do you think the the candle could smell like? Um, it does not always work. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, sometimes they just like, you're like, okay, A plus B and they smell horrible together mm-hmm. in real life or um, they drown each other out and you can't smell anything. Wow. Um, and Or like they smell great by themselves, but not together. Um, and so a lot of it is just kind of, tweaking here and there, playing with different things. Um, Sometimes I've had to do a complete 180. Like I thought, okay, this candle is going to smell like X and it just did not work and did not work. And so I'm like, you go back to the scene and you're like, okay, is there anything else that like (laughs) would, would help like communicate who they were and who their heart is um, because this just isn't working. And so that's happened a few times. Um, the other interesting, like, tricky part of this is actually the name of the candle. I know, Jackie, you were saying, like, you know, the names are so fun and, and interesting, which, you know, that's what we're going for. Um, but we almost didn't launch the St. Michael candle, which was one of our originals, because I could not think of a name. Like, wow. the scent was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, like, couldn't come up with anything at all. And... Um, what battle cry finally like came out just again, going back to scripture, because of course, Michael is there both at the beginning and at the end. Mm. Um, and his name, the name Michael in Hebrew means who is like God. And the, um, story behind that is when Michael is battling Satan and, you know, all the heavenly hosts against um the prince of darkness and that was actually his battle cry is him saying because satan is saying like i will not serve right and michael's like who is like god like that was his battle cry and that's where his name comes from and Mm -hmm. so it's just it's drawing in this Mm -hmm. jewish tradition where of course our scriptures come from um 
bringing in his office as like protector and defender of the church and yeah, just kind of putting every, and of course it's something that's like instantly recognizable, you know, people see it and they're like, Oh, this has got to be your Michael candle. Right. And I'm like, yep, you got it. <laughs> so um, I wanted to ask, have you ever read JP two's letter to artists? Have you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love, I love that letter so much. There's a part of it that um, he, he, explains how when God creates, he has this like, he looks at his hands and whenever an artist creates, they they get a glimmer of that feeling. And I don't know, just like watching you explain the candles and the scents, even your desire to create with your hands, whether it's like baking or uh, planting or creating candles. Like I just see that that parallel so apparent whenever you speak. And I just like wanted to affirm you in that because it's, I never thought <laughs> that speaking about scents and candles would bring me to like perpetual chills but mm. this whole interview I'm just like this is so cool like it's such a cool concept thank yeah. you I yeah. think that's one of the things that I've loved is yeah like I didn't know all this about our lady and the strawberry and the acacia like being able to just really learn about the faith and then pass that on to other people I think is of all of the really good things that have come out of this like just kind of being able to draw closer to God through this specific work um, and then share it, right? Like it doesn't just stay with me, but it's something that physically like goes out into the world with other people and that other people can share with others as well. Um, so yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's something that just keeps kind of spreading and, and it's just, our faith is so amazing. You know, it's just yeah. this endless like wealth of, reason and grace and just everything. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the saints really um, expand upon that. You know, they're, they're part of that richness, that wealth, you know, obviously there's scripture and the tradition. Can you maybe comment to that? Like, you know, um, why, you f why you feel called, why you felt called to really uh, devote the candles specifically to the saints? <laughs> Sorry, I want to be really careful how I say this. Um, I think the art that we grew up with um mm. think of like the holy cards like saint candles that you've seen in the past also just some of the books or movies or stuff like the the culture that we've created around the scenes and the way that they're represented in music or in art or other things like it's just kind of lame yeah and yeah 100 yeah and um it's amazing now i think there is kind of a um new wave or like revitalization or just we realize like oh these people are first of all they're people um and whatever we've been through there's a saint who has been through that and i think for me specifically there was a point before we launched when i was like i don't know if i can do this um with the research because I was like, Oh, I love St. Joseph and Oh, I love our lady of Guadalupe and whatever. But then I realized in order to make a scent that connects to them, like I have to go beyond this like soundbite version that I had of who they were, yeah. who they are. Um, and I honestly, like, I was like, I'm scared because I, had this kind of like, yeah, saccharine or like sentimental, like affection for certain saints. And I was like, what if they don't stand up to it? You know, what if I start to get to know them 
and I don't like them like at the end of it. Um, and there are other scenes that like, I just felt like I just didn't like right off the bat. Right. And a lot of that too, is because you get these like sound bites or clips or whatever, like these bullet points about who they, what happened in their life and you miss the person. Um, and I think what happened at least for me is in learning more about them, especially like if there's anything that they wrote or said that was recorded and really kind of like sitting at their feet and like reading their own thoughts and writings, like it was completely the opposite from what I expected where I felt even more in love with them and even more amazed by them. Um, and, and in seeing their humanity, right? Like, there are scenes that I probably wouldn't get along with like personality wise or whatever, like, but you see how God and grace is like working in them at the same time. Um, and I feel like that's something that I need a reminder of, like in my day to day life, there's people that like, you know, you just, there's different personalities or whatever, but like, we're all on the same team. We're all like going trying to get to the same place. Like we're all here to help each other. And I think the scenes, um besides the fact that like they have been here they have done this like you know if you're out of work or you have loved ones who are away from the faith or you've lost a parent or you've lost a sibling or you've lost like if there's any kind of suffering that you're going through like a saint has also experienced that and they made it right like they were able to hold on to hope grace continued to work they grew closer to god and they made it like it's Mm -hmm. possible for them they did it. It's possible for us too. And I think um, the more that we can get to know them and see them in all of their humanity and in the day-to-day realities of their lives, like that's it's just super fascinating. They're I think they're the most fascinating people who've ever lived. Mm-hmm. Um, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> and there's just so much to like learn from and grow from. Um, and we all need people cheering us on, mentoring us, like helping us to grow in virtue and. Um, I know I'm kind of rambling on about this. I get so excited. There's actually something from the second Vatican council that says like the job of the saints is to pray for us before the throne of God. Like that's their job. Um, and so all we have to do is ask basically. Um, and, and they're there for us. It's remarkable. Amen. Um, I, one final question. Uh, we I think we were seeing in your press kit um, something about sort of running a, a Catholic business, right? Well, I, why am I doing this? Because <laughs> it is a Catholic, it is a Catholic business. Running a but, Catholic business, yeah. <laughs> but but it could be like an oxymoron, right? Um, but uh, it, maybe if you could just touch on that, because I, I think our team was interested in in talking about how you know we, we do have a. Uh, a right of economic initiative, according to the catechism um, of the Catholic Church, and but at the same time, we're called to live generously. Um, how do you find that balance? Yeah, I. Oh boy, it's a good thing we didn't start here because this would have been the whole episode. <laughs> um, I think this is something that I'm really excited about because uh, you know we've all got to eat, right? Like, yeah, all of us work make money, buy our food. We've all got to eat. Um, Business though, like doing something good, like um, let me step back. Benedict XVI has uh, an encyclical 
And he talks about the role of business is to employ people, like to provide jobs so that other people have good work so that they can provide for their families. Um, and that there's also, it's to put good things into the world. Um, and that businesses are, are called to be generous. Like it's actually a duty of a business to be generous, which I think flies in the face of kind of everything I had ever learned about quote unquote business. Um, you know, I think in, in our culture, it's kind of like business is a free for all, right? Like if you can make money, it doesn't matter what you're selling. It doesn't matter how you're selling it. Like if you're taking advantage of people, like, like profit is the goal kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just so uninteresting. Like it's so uncreative. It's so, um, there's just so much more. There's so much more that a business can do. And I think for Michael and myself, um, realizing that first of all, work itself is, is a gift, right? Like in the garden of Eden in paradise, God, tasks Adam with work. He's like, you're here to tend the garden. And just seeing that as a gift, um, I do think, I mean, I was in jobs, right, where it didn't feel much like a gift. Um, and we've all been there. But a lot of that is kind of making sure that we understand, like, whatever we're doing, like, is for others and for ourselves and for God and just kind of orienting that um, well. But also, so like making sure the work itself is meaningful, it's good, it's fruitful. Um, but also saying like, we don't become better humans and more virtuous people outside of work, you know, or outside of running a business, um, outside of being with our employees or our customers or, you know, with you all, like in, in the work that you do, like, like you're actually figuring out and becoming who you are right now with the people who are closest to you. And if you can't show up for them, and if you can't love the people who are right in front of you, um, then you're doing it wrong. You know, it doesn't Hmm. matter like how many Catholic candles we put out into the world. If our team like isn't being treated well or cared for. Um, and if the work that we're doing, sure, like maybe there's candles out there, but like, if the work itself isn't helping us to become more human, um, if that makes sense. And I think just also building generosity in, which we try and do lots and lots of different ways. Um, but I think it's, it's this beautiful opportunity. It's the hardest thing (laughs) I have ever done. Um, I mean, right now, just in all honesty, like it's a win if it's a 14 hour day. Um, we're recording this in the middle of November. This is like the busiest time of year for us. Like it's, it's really intense. Um, but it's also incredibly life giving. So yeah, if like people just, it's, we need businesses, um, to provide jobs. We need businesses to make the things that we use, but we also need businesses to contribute, contribute to the greater good, um, of the local community. And then that spreads out from there. So I don't know if that's where you're going with your question. Um, uh, or maybe if you want to speak to it, cause I, not to, again, like made it such a controversial topic, but like people are like, Oh, you're not a ministry. You're a for-profit business. And I'm like, yeah, actually we are. And and like, I can tell you everything that we do with like profit and what it's for and like 
why like nonprofits are actually profitable too. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, just like everybody mm-hmm. gets paid at the end of the day. Um, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, it's just interesting. Like, I think when people are like, Oh, you're a Catholic business, it's like, well, either you kind of stink as a business, right? But you're Catholic or, um, you're great at quote unquote business and you just like slap your faith on top of it somehow. Cause you mm. donate portion of your profits back. I don't know. Whereas it's like, no, like let's really integrate this. Like everything that we do comes from our faith. Yeah. I mean, we spoke to some guys that are, that were in Silicon Valley and the big tech space and they, you know, they're creating apps and email services and stuff like that. And it was an interesting interview because of that point where people kind of have this mindset of, okay, you do business, that's over here, but religion is completely over here. And if you're Catholic, especially, you're meant to stay in the nonprofit. You're meant to stay over there. If you want to do something like business, you kind of got to leave that behind. But there's Mm -hmm. nothing that says you can't do both. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that says you shouldn't. Um, And it also, we had like a mini retreat a couple weeks ago with uh, a priest who was talking about the difference between being productive and being fruitful and balancing the two. And it's good to be productive and it's good to create jobs and it's it's good to have food to eat. You know, nobody likes to starve. Um, <laughs> but understanding what's more important is is how fruitful your business is. And people have a different, they conflate the two, that mm-hmm. productive mm-hmm. is fruitfulness. But no, like what is my product doing for people? Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. having that center of, your Catholic faith centers your business in that mindset of not, I know I'm not going to be ripping people off. You know, I know, and I'm going to keep returning and and keeping Christ at the center there so I don't deviate from that path. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think people get afraid of money and they're they're afraid of success in that way that I, I have to just give it all away and I have to just kind of um, stay in my own lane but uh, but um mm, mm. it's just not the case then you end up doing nothing you're not supposed to bury your money you're not supposed to just completely give it away you're supposed to create more with it you know yeah. and that's not like you know you pocket and you you know scrooge mcduck um over here <laughs> but um yeah i don't know it's, i don't watch many movies but uh, uh only kids cartoons um which sounds weird i would say though that limits are very very good um that i i strongly do not think like a business should just get as big as a business can be and like mm. grow 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 mm. and yeah. that's the goal and all this kind of stuff i think um you know different people are called to different things and to be, you know, do different things in the world. But, um, I think limits are important. I think making sure that business stays as human as possible. Right. And I think one of the things that we're all like, Oh, corporations, we, we say like, Oh, it's lost its soul or whatever, which doesn't, you know, it's, it's a business. How does that make sense? But it's because it's lost the people, right? Like the people that it works, who work there, the people who lead it, the people that it serves. Um, and I think just kind of doing an examination of conscience sort of for the business on a regular basis of like, are we, yeah, there's lots of things that we could be doing. I mean, we could send way more candles into the world and make a whole lot more money if we had someone else making candles for us. And we're just like managing the process and taking a cut. Um, it's important to Michael and I that like 
we are actually makers. And sometimes we have help with that, um, but that we don't become this like executive team that just kind of, you know, moves things from point A to point B, but that we're actually on the ground, like shipping the packages, answering customer emails, um, as well as like all the fun stuff of like making the candles and creating new scents. And I think when things get too siloed, um, again, like maybe it's a little bit off tangent, but like we will never have a sales team. We won't. Um, we will, we don't do marketing with paid advertising online. Um, there's like principles that we have to keep the business kind of, I don't know, I guess I would say ethical, um, but also just like to be connected with what we're doing day in, day out. And then also the folks that choose our candles that like, they know whose hands made it. They know where our money, their money, like where we're putting it out Mm. and how we're using those resources. Um, and also, like, it's just not interesting anymore if you're just obsessing over like how your Google ads are doing or, yeah. you know, pulling levers here and there. Like, well, maybe if I target this audience. Anyway, yeah. that's way off script. But just, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just when you actually like make something and yeah, you see the fruit, which I think the difference between pro- productivity and fruitfulness is like, there's no room for grace in productivity it's just like the efforts or like my own efforts and like what comes out the output whereas fruitfulness is like okay i've i've done something and then it goes out into the world and like what happens then right like what's the good that comes out of it um and i think that's where grace can work and holy spirit can work and all that good stuff so Mm. yeah it sounds like you. there's two paths that you could take. You could charge the same amount or more for your product and outsource it and then just be taking the money that you want. Or you could mm-hmm. stay where you are, go a little bit more, but use that money to help other people. Yeah. Yeah. To get, to employ other people. And yeah. by employing them, you're now in fellowship with them and you're growing something there, yeah. which is way more, for me, I would much rather spend money on a candle that, that, that candle is like three or four people working on it as opposed mm-hmm. to some machine doing it somewhere yeah. and somebody making yeah. more profit off of it, you know? Yeah. So there'll always be those people too. Like you were saying before, people were kind of questioning, maybe even annoyed that you're not a nonprofit. But it's like mm-hmm. there's always those people where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Because you say you're a nonprofit, then people are annoyed that you're asking for money. And they don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then you're a prophet. Well, how could? Well, what are you? You're like right. these are indulgences, basically. <laughs> you're scamming. It's like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Yeah. I'll just stand yeah. over there and yeah. die, I guess. <laughs> like, like there's money is that's how the world works. I don't know what you want me to do here. Yeah. So yeah. it is frustrating. Yeah. It's not yeah. inherently yeah. evil in itself. Money, mm-hmm. right? True. It's just it's just how people are distorted. I mean, St. Joseph was a carpenter. Like someone, he's, yeah. people are paying him to, to, it's not like he was like, oh, no, no, no. I'll yeah. just go eat the wood. You know, like, <laughs> what? That acacia wood tastes really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it's, it's worth asking though, like, where is my money going? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how are these things being made? Are the people who are doing this work? paid you know yeah. a, a just wage like mm. yeah. all of these things are really really good questions asked and, and it's not that oh we've got everything figured out or something um but 
I think at Corda, but then lots of other businesses, like you're at least you're asking yourself the question, right? Like trying to like kind of do that examination of conscience, trying to be mm-hmm. like, okay, these things matter. Um, and yeah. And I think for, for the places where we go and, and give our money to like, um, I don't know, there's this quote of like, you vote with your dollars mm. and it's like, well, mm. if you're giving a company your money, then you're letting them continue to keep doing what they're doing. Right. Mm. Um, and is that the kind of company that you want to continue or, you know, can you put those resources elsewhere? Um, and it's not that simple all the time. It's, mm. Our world is complicated. Um, but at least like we could try, you know, yeah. like we yeah. can ask ourselves the questions and just see if there's, there's options out there. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, so Anna, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, it's, it was a blessing to share our faith with you and to learn more about you uh, and, and your, and your husband and, and your business Corda. We'll be sure to put uh, a link to your website uh, on our in our show notes, and I definitely want to talk to Giselle about getting some candles for our office. Yeah, definitely. Yes. And we, we, pray uh, the, we pray the chaplet every day at three. So we and we we for a while we're burning one candle every time, and that candle is now. Yeah, we done. might need to get. I don't a think we were trimming. We were not trimming. We were not trimming. We were not trimming. <laughs> no, there's there's a danger zone here. Yeah, we yeah. probably yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. You guys know we have a um, divine mercy candle. It's called oh, there you go. Perfect. What's it called? Divine mercy. It's called Fountain Mercy from the from the mm-hmm. prayer and the sure. chaplet, um, and it smells like hyssop and wood. So whoever knows why gets a free candle. Hyssop oh wow! Wood. Oh, hyssop I, and I, wood? I, I guess I I gotta go home and dive into the diary. Give me five minutes. Is it from the diary? <laughs> hyssop and wood. Um, it's it's not in the diary. Uh, Alexa. <laughs> I've never think even bigger about divine mercy. Think bigger. Is it? Is it? What is it? Wood and is it from? The wood that was used for the cross? That's definitely part of it. Oh, yep. oh I get a You got half a candle. You got the teacup candle. Half, I get the wick. I get the wick. With half <laughs> half the wax. <laughs> the tunnel. Uh, that's my guess. I don't know. Um, well, no so Hyssop is in the Old Testament and it's in the New Testament. If that helps at all. Oh, oh, oh. The, um, Sometimes I get those the wine after I on, eat. on the Hyssop uh, that, that mm-hmm. Jesus was given. To to take the oh, take the wine from right. Yes, he, he, yes. he said, "I thirst." So, he said, "I thirst." Yeah. So it's there at the crucifixion. Um, here's another hint: when Christ, the Paschal Lamb, is giving his life for us. So how does that fit with the Old Testament? Well, how the how the how Jewish priests would offer lambs. Lamb. Yeah, which goes back to the Passover, and that's mm. the first place that hyssop shows up in the Bible. Oh. And wow. hyssop, it was specifically hyssop that was used to put the blood of the lamb on the wooden doorposts to save God's people from death. Yeah, yeah. Wow. At the first Passover. Wow. And then, of course, whatever, 4,000, 6,000 years later, Christ celebrates the Passover at the Last Supper, and then as the Paschal lamb gives his life for God's people. Yeah. Um, so it's up in wood and it's up in wood. Wow. Beautiful. Wow. Amazing. As That's you're so saying amazing. that, I'm envisioning Prince of Egypt in the background. That now that's a good that's a good that's cartoon. Solid cartoon. 
Well, um, well, awesome, Anna. Thank you again so much, and God bless you. God bless your your business and your family. And um, we hope to we hope to talk to you soon. Thanks again. Yeah, thank you all very much. God bless you and your work too. All right, Thanks. peace. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of A Reason for Hope Candid. Next week's podcast episode features Mario Costabile's interview with Monsignor Michael Mannion. Monsignor Mannion is a longtime friend of St. Mother Teresa. This is a really powerful interview that will literally leave you hanging onto every word. I know it did for me. We're super excited to release this as Monsignor Mannion will share many of his personal stories with St. Mother Teresa. If you haven't already, be sure to follow our podcast so you're always in the loop for new releases. Also, make sure to follow Array of Hope on social media and check out our music division, AOH Music. You can find all this information in the show notes for this episode. Thanks again for listening to our interview with Anna Camacho from Corda Candles. And we'll be with you next week for our interview with Monsignor Michael Mannion titled My Friendship with Mother Teresa. Until next time, peace be with you.